podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Extra Podcast here at Stowhurst Park, where Palace have won in the last minute against Stoke. Crazy, crazy times, and we are all absolutely buzzing. This pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for, for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to MirandaJanePhotography.co.uk. Oh man, I am buzzing, and I'm delighted to be joined by Steph and Emma from Proud and Palace. How are you guys? We're good. We're Hi, really good. good. How would you have been about five minutes ago? Um, less good. <laughs> Yeah, really not good, actually. <laughs> really, really not good. Good. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the pod today. Before we get into the game, which we will, obviously, you guys were down the Porsons today handing out the rainbow laces as part of the Stonewall Rainbow Laces campaign. How did that go? I thought it was really good. I mean, I don't know what you think, Emma, but I thought it went really well. We had um, an awful lot of people come up to us, were aware that we were going to be there, but already knew about Proud and Palace and kind of what we've been up to and when to come along and, and take rainbow laces and I have to say majoritively it was to just show support yeah. for the group not necessarily do they personally have an alignment with us but that actually they just believe that it's a good group and they wanted to show solidarity with it so I thought it was really good well I mean th- th- has that been the case kind of since you guys have started that it seems that a lot of Palace fans have been very supportive yeah it's definitely been the case since we started um you know, on social media or in person, we wear our Proud and Palace t-shirts to games a lot and people come up and tell us well done and tell us to keep doing what we're doing um, in the pubs before the games and at half time. And that means a lot, you know, because like, we, we do this for a couple of reasons, but mostly to try and just engage the whole fan base in what we're trying to do. And when people come up and say to us, oh, we like what you're doing and keep it up and we love your flag and we love your t-shirts and we follow you on Twitter... Uh, that, that means the world, really. So, um, yeah, people see us out and about with our massive garish flag or with our T-shirts on. Due um, to your inability to size things? I've got a total inability to size things. <laughs> <laughs> when I got the dimensions for the flags through, I, I, don't really, I don't really understand measurements in inches. So um, it's, it's massive. It's as tall as I am and about three times as long and doesn't fit anywhere. But no, it's huge. It's well, huge. go big or go home. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But does it seem we had today, we had the players wearing rainbow laces and stuff and the rainbow laces on the boardings. Does it seem like the conversation is getting bigger, getting sort of more widely talked about each year we have this campaign? I think it is, and I think that that's really good, you know, and obviously you've seen around the match today, you've just seen the kind of graphics around the edge of the pitch and things like that. And, you know, we've spoken to lots of people today who want to tear laces, but although it is, you know, kind of progressing, and I think there's no doubt about that, and that's great, we can't rest on our laurels and sadly even today you know right at the start of leaving the Porsons when things have been great all afternoon suddenly they weren't you know we did have a bit of a difficult moment with a couple of people okay. um, and that's just for me it's a reminder that you know not all of our work is done it was a group of guys who wanted rainbow laces specifically to take them to Brighton to throw them at the Brighton fans right. so and you think actually alright that's we've still got there's a long way to go here with, yeah. with, with this, some people I guess but you know, I think overall, yeah, the, the things, are, things are better. Yeah, and hopefully that is just a, a minority of, of fans, isn't it? I believe it is. 
I really believe it is. Um, so I wouldn't want to kind of overdwell on it. Yeah. But I think equally, I, we can't pretend that isn't the case either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of have to, have to look at things with balance, saying that actually today, for instance, majority has been a really great day, really good exposure. But yeah. yeah, and I think our, our aim as a group, and Steph always says that the aim of any group like this is to not have to exist. So um, ideally, we wouldn't. We'd stop the group tomorrow because stuff like that wouldn't happen anymore, and everything would be great, and there wouldn't be a single tweet about Brighton or chant about Brighton over the next few days that um, that was disappointing in that sense. But at the end of the day, today we had a Palace goal scorer wearing rainbow laces, yeah. Palace captain who scored the winning goal wearing a rainbow armband, and you know uh, that's that's down to the players. At the end of the day, you know we put the, the rainbow laces go into the changing rooms and they get the option to wear them. Whether or not they do is down to them and it's great to see that the Palace players did and we got a result in it so maybe it's a lucky charm and we should just do it every week <laughs> I, th- I love, I I love so. the rainbow laces I think we should wear them every week personally they're brilliant Perfect. have you got any spare for me actually we've, left over? we've got quite a few left yes. here. Got a few. I'm going to take out? some fantastic on, I've got some at home but I'm going to get even more um, let's talk about the Palace game then because yeah. honestly before up to whatever it was 92 minutes I genuinely think it was our worst performance <laughs> of the season but we brought it back and Steph Roy said this week because everyone was saying to him last few weeks why you're playing really well but you're not getting wins what's going on and Roy said honestly I'll take a win with a bad performance that's exactly what he got today he most definitely got exactly <laughs> that I mean we were genuinely awful and I don't suppose we're the only team in the Premier League in fairness to, to struggle to break Stoke down because they are really difficult to break down but you know we're in a really odd position because I honestly believe if you sat down the manager and most of the players in the Premier League and said what do you think of the Palace squad they go it's a good team they've got a good manager and they're not really a bottom of the league team but they all know that we are kind of playing March-April pressure football yeah, in yeah. November. So that they know we have to win. Ordinarily, this performance, nil nil 70 minutes, we might have all left there and gone, all right, it's a draw. Yeah. And we wouldn't have been too bothered. But we know we have to win now. Yeah. Yeah. Consequently, all of our opponents know we have to win. So I just think that that feeds into that tension that you sort of see today yeah. and... You know, thankfully we were terrible we won Brilliant. Do you, Emma do you think that late, that late goal from Saka then will relieve some of that tension do you know what I mean do you think it will realise that we can still get results even if we're not playing well I, I wish it would um, <laughs> I, I wish I could say that you know I'd now be totally chilled out every time we're in this position and it's one all and we're getting into 90 minutes but um, a lifetime of supporting Palace tells me differently <laughs> and every game's going to be the same you know we're still going to come here we're still going to feel that pressure yeah. but what what we've learned from this, um, from West Ham, is that the, no matter what the result is looking like on 90-odd minutes, you know, if we all stay behind the team as fans, then the, the players will respond to that. And especially against West Ham, you know, we were losing and it was 95 minutes and you know, sometimes you see fans start to do a bit of a backdoor boogie and get out of the ground early, but everyone was still there in their seats. Backdoor, backdoor boogie. boogie. <laughs> backdoor boogie. That sounds like a dance. It's like, it's like when you're leaving a night out and you don't want to have to tell everyone that you're leaving, so oh, you just sneak up. I call that Irish goodbye. Yeah, okay, yeah. Irish goodbye, backdoor boogie. <laughs> I've got a feeling you're going to be haunted by those things. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe take that one out in the end. But do you know what I mean? Like Sometimes people go up but yeah, today yeah, yeah. and against West Ham and against Everton, yeah, everyone's still there in their seats yeah. um, doing what they can to, to try and lift the players through the last couple of minutes. I have so. to admit, I was actually really pleased with the fans, Steph, because when the team were announced and Julian and Dan were both dropped and Wayne was back in, and we know that Wayne's not the most popular with the, with the Palace fans, and there were a few boos when he was first read out, 
But when it was read out before kickoff and the teams came out, actually it was very supportive. Were you surprised when you saw Julian and, and Dan drop today? Um, yeah, incredibly surprised because my initial assumption was that Julian must be injured. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily surprised about Scott Dan, if I'm honest, because I think that even if we're really honest, the end of last season, Mamadou Sako played better with Tompkins next to him or Kelly yes. than he did with Scott Dan. So I think Scott Dan's been on a bit of a kind of iffy run for quite a while. But I guess the message was probably for Roy. The pe- you and Julian contributed to some pretty catastrophic moments for us last week. Yeah. And I'm not going to single one of you out. You're both going to carry it. And if, if it's not injury, then I can only assume it was a message about um, yeah. being more kind of certain yeah. critical parts of the pitch. That's guess, my reading of it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I, was, I guess it does kind of say to the rest of the players, any slip up, any little error, you're gone, you're out, you know. And hopefully it's a way of saying, prove it to me to get back in rather than just saying well, you're out of the mm-hmm. team. But I thought that was going to lower the, the atmosphere today. And it was before that, you know, before the late, late winner or maybe before Ruben's goal, it was a bit flat today, wasn't it? It was, it was a difficult game to kind of get into for the fans. It was hard to get into because Stoke was so difficult to break down and some stuff that usually gets us up out of our feet, you know, Zaha was relatively quiet. He wasn't beating players like he normally does because Stoke have just got, they've got a back line that look like rugby league players. They're huge and it's so hard to wriggle past them like Wilf normally would and like players normally would. Um, so yeah, it, it was maybe a little bit flatter than that, but you know, I think in, in some respects, it was good to play Spironi and for Palace fans to remember that he's fallible so that when Hennessy's on the pitch, we're not all singing his la- name. And, yeah. you know, I, I used to be a goalkeeper myself and I know that like it's such a confidence position and you're only called into action a couple of times. And if the rest of the time you're trapped in your own thoughts and you're thinking, oh, all the fans are singing my rival for my position's name, yeah. that doesn't help anyone, least yeah. of all Wayne. So... Maybe Julian playing and making a bit of a catastrophic error, as you said, um, just made Palace fans think, well, OK, do you know what? He's not perfect. Yeah. Nor's Wayne, so we'll just support the whole 11 yeah. on the team. On the, well, that's on what the it's about, though, isn't it? It's just about supporting whoever's playing, whether you like them or not. I, I personally yeah. would rather see Julian in goal. I, I love him. I think he's a cult hero. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whoever's on there, we've got to support them. And they did today, and it got them over the line, but... And it's only do you just. think, though, that, you know, the reality is, is that... And maybe this is another point Roy's making. You know, we're into nearly into December now. In January, we need to bring some players in, and one of them needs to be a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He has said that, yeah. Yeah, and, and so maybe that you know this is but, you know whoever you believe should be in goal right now probably won't be the person in goal yeah. by the end of January. Yeah. Because I think there may be somebody else who comes in the mix. Yeah, that does seem to be Roy's Roy's thinking. Um, anyway, speaking of Roy, let's hear what he said in his post-match press conference to reporters after that late, late win over Stoke. It was a strange game in the sense that I thought both teams were pretty much in control defensively. You know, good goal chances were very hard to come by. Neither goalkeeper really made a save of any particular note in the game. The chances were really the the crosses, the balls that were played into the box and cleared. And both groups of both back four, I thought, did, did dealt well with those crosses. But fortunately, we got our reward for, for two of ours. I thought they were good goals, both the first one and the, the final one, in the sense that we, we worked the space in the wide area as well and 
we got the type of crossing that we needed, we got the bodies in the box that we needed. So in the end, we did get our reward and uh, it was nice to see that all the fans who stick with us and support us right the way to the end, they were still here at the end, most of them, well, certainly the bulk of them, and they were able to be as jubilant as we were on the touchline, uh, getting the goal, which pretty, probably really is the first real sort of slice of luck you could say we, we, we've had because I'm pretty certain at that stage when we scored that goal Mark Hughes and Stoke City were thinking they'd done enough to draw the game I thought you increased the pace in the second half Yeah we played a bit quicker I thought, I think you're right but uh, I think Christian Benteke's um, participation helped us there because it gave us a focal point in attack the two the two you know, wide forwards that we've, we've been playing together. We've been doing a fantastic job. They were fighting it hard against the the very, very big back five almost that uh, Stoke played with. And we weren't able to keep the ball up front enough. We kept it up there better when Christian came on. Um, but again, I thought Stoke actually played well. I thought if I'd have been a Stoke manager, I'd have been proud of their performance. Their two central midfield players were exceptional today. And, you know, if, I think our two normally are the two that in the last four or five games have been dominating the game. They couldn't today against Fletcher and Allen. Um, but we did keep going, that was the most important thing. And even when it looked bleak, we didn't give up. And sometimes if you can have that fighting spirit, that quality, it can take you far. And it's a quality that I think the team and the club shares with, with the people who come to watch us play. They don't give up either. They don't throw the towel in. They don't allow themselves to moan or complain all the time. They, they, they also try to keep believing and try to keep spurring the players on to get what might even look like an impossible goal. Well, on, a, on a personal note, you, you were rewarded today for being bold. You, you made the two changes in the starting line last week at half-time. Well, the interesting thing now is that we've got we've got options. You know, up until two or three weeks ago, our options for changes were a little bit limited. But Tompkins has been doing ext extremely well for a period of time now, and although Scott Dan hasn't done badly at all, um, they are different types of players. I thought we'd have quite a lot of the ball today. In, in, in the back area of the field, which is what we did. And I think James was was very, very good for us there. And of course the goalkeeper, he's, he's got one massive advantage over Julian, that's his height. And against teams like uh, Stoke, it's quite important sometimes to have a goalkeeper in there who can threaten them with his height like they threaten uh, us with theirs. But both Julian Speroni and Scott Dan must feel a little bit aggrieved or disappointed to lose their place in the team because they haven't they haven't lost it by giving particularly bad performances. Um, it's just a question that they've been unlucky enough not to be on the winning side and I'm getting to the point where I need to try and shake a few things up to try and get a winning team by, by hook or by crook. You've spoken before about um, how <coughs> previous clubs certain results can turn the mentality around and turn the direction of the club around. Do you think this victory could have that effect? No, strangely enough, I think um, that if you, you talk about turning the club around, that happened uh, six games, five, six, six games ago now. I mean, I think that the first seven games, 
I personally have to draw uh, uh, a line over because seven games, no points, no goals, not a lot of encouragement, I didn't think, for anybody who's a real Palace supporter. But if I take the last six games, I think we've turned things around enormously. I think we've given some, some very good performances. If I'm to be brutally honest, I think we've given player performances even better than the one we gave today. But we haven't been always rewarded by the victories. You know, We've had to accept that we have to come back from 2-0 down against West Ham to get a point. We have to accept against Everton that it's a 2-2, but really you know, it didn't deserve to be a 2-2. I don't think many people would suggest it did. So I think there's been a change from those first seven games over a period of time now. So I don't particularly want to say that because we won today, this is the catalyst to lots and lots of victories. What it means is we now know what we've got to keep doing for the next 25 games, is it now? And that is exactly what we've been doing for the last six. We've got to keep doing that. And at the end of the season, that's when I think people will look, if, we've, if we have survived, people maybe then will look back and say, this was a, a turning point. But there's no, no need for me to look for turning points at the moment. We've just got to keep working, keep getting better at what we're doing, and most important of all, not slipping below the standard that I think we've set these last six games. Well, the, um, when they were in a very difficult position and you kept going and going, yeah. you got to reward that. So you, you know what it takes. And you? once again, the fans, they were fantastic, remember? Yeah. They had that keep the faith motto and banner. They had the, they had the uh, what do you call those things that you make a lot of noise with? Yeah. Like, like not, clappers. The clappers. They had the clappers <laughs> and, the, and the games. And, you know, basically speaking, we were out of the league for a long, long period of time and that 2-0 down at Man City with about three, four games to go, we were definitely mathematically out. So we've got to believe that as well. You know, I'd like us to climb out of our hole a bit quicker than Fulham were able to climb out of theirs. But if we can't, then we better take some, some uh, inspiration from, from what people did at Craven Cottage because they could do it here for us as well. The crowd at Fulham were fantastic. And, this group here of supporters are fantastic. The way, sorry, well, the way you're set up there in the second half, um, is that, do you see that as a kind of template moving forward? Or Probably. Um, I think it's good to know that we've got both options. We've seen, we've seen good games and we've seen important moments with, with Wilf and Andros playing in those two, two like old-fashioned inside-right, inside-left positions, not wingers, but not out-and-out centre-forwards. We've seen, we've had some joy with that in a couple of games. It's worked well for us. Uh, but now we've got Christian back and Bakri Sacco's uh, working very hard in training to, to compete. I've now got options and uh, possibilities, and it's good to have that because each game is a different story, and there's a lot of games to go. And in this week in particular, they're going to come thick and fast, and it'll be hard to do it with the same 11, I think, every game. Roy, a quick word on Ruben Loftus cheek. It's been quite a good month for him, yeah. hasn't it? At first England, then scoring a goal today, his first for Palace, and ultimately it's been a good, successful loan period so far. Very successful, and once more, it wasn't just his goal today, I think it was all around performance. I thought, you know, he, he played well in the period leading up after his injury. When he got back from injury, he played well enough to get selected for England. Played very well in the game. Unfortunately, had a back spasm, but got over it quickly. 
and his last two games for Crystal Palace have been on the same high level as his two previous performances. And all, all Ruben needs, really, is um, games, experience, and the knowledge that he can do it week after week. But, you know, that he, he's not what some people might have thought he was, a very talented lad that can do things in fits and starts in a game. He's actually just a very, very talented player who, for 95 minutes, can make a huge difference to your team. That's what he's doing for us at the moment. And I'm sure that with every game, with every good performance, with every pat on the back he gets, he'll get stronger and better because what he can do, he can do. And uh, we just want to see more of it, really. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast here at Thillhurst Park. We've moved location, that's why it's a bit noisy in the background, but we don't care because Palace won 2-1 against Stoke, the late winner. This podcast is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography. For professional, unique photography of weddings and more, visit mirandajanephotography.co.uk. And can I just say, she did my wedding. She did, yeah. Yeah, she did my wedding. She's excellent, Miranda Jane. So um, I feel really pleased that we've had a couple of wins since yeah. she sponsored this pod yeah. because every week I thought... Miranda Jane's really lovely, and she actually, like, I know Joanna has been a huge Palace fan, JCIS, and, you know. Well, that's free advertising for I know, he's going he's, he's gonna to love me for that, but he's sitting next to me, and he's rather a big gentleman. So. <laughs> Good, well, a personal endorsement there for Miranda's photography as well. So, um, how do we feel now? Obviously, we've got the Brighton game on Tuesday, big game. I'm personally terrified of it, given both teams' form. How do we feel now after that win, Emma, that last goal? Does it make us feel more confident going into that? I think if we'd gone down to Brighton having not won today, um, their fans would have taunted us. Well, they're going to taunt us anyway. Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. But going down there for winning our last game makes us, makes us all feel a little bit more robust going yeah. down there, maybe. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm delighted that Ashley Young scored off a deflection off Lewis Dunk for um, Brighton to lose. And if they'd got a point at Old Trafford and we'd only got a draw against Stoke here, it would have been... Uh, a tough one to go down there too. So, yeah, a bit better, but also under no illusions yeah. that it's going to be a pretty tough game. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to get a ticket. Steph was, so maybe Steph can... <laughs> it was a lottery getting tickets, though, wasn't it? You've done well there. Yeah, no, it was. It was. Um, I don't think you can ever really say you look forward to a derby game, you know, because that by nature they're horrific occasions. But um, I think all the pressure's actually, and weirdly, on them. Because the last time we went there, I, I, I'm sure you remember, I think yeah. we did quite well. Actually. We did all right, didn't we? We did all right, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we beat them. And they will be looking at us thinking at some point Palace are going to get it together. Yeah. And there will be an anticipation now that they will beat us, which I don't think at the start of the season they would have expected. So I think we go there with slightly good position, which is actually quite similar to the playoffs. Yeah. Do you remember, mm-hmm. we, we weren't doing great in the league. We came here, everyone said, Brighton's playing great football, they're going to beat you. Yeah. It was nil-nil, they froze us out, and we all went down to the MX thinking this is probably going to be really difficult. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and we won, and I actually think that we can do it again. I, I, I really hope so. I, I'm hoping this game actually might be a bit of a, I don't want to say the words, but turning point. I know like Kevin hates me when I say those words. <laughs> um, but I think you're right, Brighton will be looking at this and seeing that we've won and know that we're going to with a bit more confidence. Um, but it is, I mean, it's a big game, isn't it? It's our first top, our first Premier League derby with Brighton. I mean, it's huge, isn't it? And it's come around, it's now here. Yeah, but I work in old money. So, um, you see, I know, although it's like 
Premier League derby. Well, I remember going to the Goldstone. Yeah. So it's funny, I was looking at highlights of the game from 1989, which I went to, where I think we, sadly, we lost at um, the, Gold, the Goldstone ground. Yeah. And, uh, but we beat them back at Sellers, and Kelvin Morton gave like four penalties. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was ridiculous. And so I remember that, you know, we have played them, you know, actually, that was, that was probably championship level, wasn't it, then? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it was actually thinking about it. We have played them in top flight, yeah. We were yeah. both in top flight in whenever it was 79 or yeah. something. So, or, so we have played them in sort of in old money you know, <laughs> pre-Premier League but um, I don't for me that it doesn't really matter that it's a Premier League game I suspect it matters more to them than it does to us yeah, although obviously as a game for three points it will matter to us because the, this run of games now when we, ha- we have simply have to be getting points in all these games yeah every game matters now every game's got to feel like it's our biggest derby and it, you know it's a cliche but every game's got to feel a bit like a cup final yes I said it <laughs> I know I know but equally like I think and you can you know give Kevin a name check here but you know I think Kevin said in one of the other pods that um, you know we need to but essentially every three games we need to accumulate four points yeah. and we've just done that again in the last three games yeah. so this is the start of another set of another three matches yeah. so if we go down there and win again we're suddenly we're starting to go slightly ahead of the curve that we need to be on yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. that's a really good position for us to, with the group of players that we have yeah. to approach this with. So, I don't fear Brighton. I really don't. You know, I, they're. Um, You're so confident. I'm terrified. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not confident in that. I'm not confident that we will definitely get a result. But I'm confident that we've got absolutely no reason to fear Brighton. They've got yeah. every reason to fear us. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Nice, that's it? good. I almost I, believed it. <laughs> you should be the team talk, Steph, seriously. That was good. You wouldn't have said good. that if you'd had her at half time today. <laughs> oh, good stuff. And obviously, let's just round off then, because obviously you, you were doing the campaign that was backed by FYP and a lot of the Palace mm-hmm. groups and the club about encouraging fans to reduce the homophobic language. Obviously, this game is coming up as well. What's the reaction to that been from people? Oh, it's been awesome. Um, we reached out to all the Palace fan groups and uh, the vast majority came back and backed us, um, with one notable exception. But um, our campaign is 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Yeah. And the great thing about Brighton is, as rivals, they give us a lot of brilliant material <laughs> to work with. Um, and we don't need to resort to homophobic language um, that is you know, 30 years in the past now. Uh, we can have a pop at Brighton for the many, many footballing reasons yeah. that, they, that they give us um, or the material that they give us. So we really hope that, especially with it being uh, our first game against them in the Premier League and the eyes of the world are going to be on the game, that Palace fans going down there make all the noise and go down there with all the passion and all the love that um, we know that we take to away games as Palace fans. But just don't do anything silly or say anything silly that's going to cast the club and our fan base in a, in a bad light. Absolutely. And I guess if it's fair to say that the majority of Palace fans won't. You know, most fans are good. But as you said, today with the incident, it's just getting that message even further out. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to kind of overplay what I mentioned earlier because it is really, really minor. And, and I think the majority of Palace fans will. But these games inevitably bring up some old, deep-rooted, um, not necessarily prejudices, that's probably the wrong word, but... Um, sort of cultural associations that we have with this fixture and, and, and particularly in football that relates to songs and there will be language used you know historically that I really hope we don't hear a Brighton on, on Tuesday night yeah. um, because it does no good to Palace you know we're, we're not like we're not some backwater we're a part of you know we're a kind of you know we're a very diverse part of London 
you know, we're a global city and the fan base kind of represents that here at Palace. And if people start degenerating back to something which isn't really reflective of us as a group of people any longer, you kind of got to say, well, actually, they need to almost have that conversation with themselves a little bit about why would you want to do that? You know, kick racism, addressed similar challenges, out, you know, and still has work to do as well, I'm sure. But, it, you know, it took on those challenges and we're just... All we've tried to do with Proud and Palace is to give a visibility to the fact that if you think it's okay to abuse the people of Brighton for kind of their LGBT population, well, you're doing it to Palace as well because we have exactly the same demographic. You know, we just support different teams. Our one's better than theirs. It doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't look like it right now, but it, but actually it, it, it is better. And, you know, I think that's, that's, that's what we need to remember. Um, Good stuff. Well, look, listen, keep up the good work. You guys do great Thank work. You. Thank you very much for coming on the pod. I'm so glad we actually got to talk about a win. I thought we weren't going to. I'm delighted. And Miranda J. Gonna be yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Can we pod you every week? It's yeah, maybe we have to, yeah, have to get you on every week. Um, good stuff. Listeners, thanks for listening. The full pod will be with you in a few days' time. Keep the faith. This could be a turning point, hopefully, up the palace. See you again soon. Podcast Network.